We sing it. Sometimes I wonder if we really mean it. We understand really what's involved in our being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Before I forget it, I'd like to make one announcement. Today is the last day that Hubert and Walterine will be married 71 years. Tomorrow they will be married 72 years. So be sure to wish them a happy anniversary. Sometimes we see cases in human history that sometimes parallel what we see sometimes in the spiritual realm as well. Have you ever heard of Hetty Green? She's known as, the, as America's greatest miser. She died in 1916 and left an estate of over $100 million. In today's market, they say that's a couple billion dollars. But what's important about that is she ate her oatmeal coal every day because it cost to heat it. Her son's leg was amputated because she delayed so long in treating him because she was looking for a free clinic to take care of her son's leg and a host of other things on, along the way. She lived a miserable life, even though she had access to great wealth. Sometimes we have great spiritual wealth, and yet we fail to realize what it is that we have. That access that we have to the greatest wealth that's ever been told the spiritual blessings that God gives to us. Paul, in writing to the Ephesians, particularly in the first chapter, verse 3 and following, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us, listen to the words, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having been predestined or having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he had made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us and all wisdom and prudence, 
having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be made to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also you have and believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. We can just grasp what has been provided for us. If we can just grasp the riches that God has for his children that he promised before the foundation of the world, the grace that he gives, the forgiveness that he gives, the hope that he gives, the sealing of the Holy Spirit of promise that he's given to us. And yet, what do you read about Ephesians and Revelation 2? They left their first love. They left their first love. By the end of the first century, a congregation that he wrote to to challenge them, to encourage them, to strengthen them, had left the most prized hope that they had. Oh, they were cut, they were cut up, or they were doing what was right. They were defending the truth, would not stand for false teachers. But they had left the love. We can do that in this world as well. We can go through the formalities and not have the heart in it. We can do it in the world and it can be done in the Lord's church as well. It's not a drudgery. It's not a duty. It's not an obligation. To be here is pure love. It's not an inconvenience. It's pure love. For what Christ has done for us, as he takes that time to remind them, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You need to think about what you have in the spiritual blessings and then in the heavenly places that are found in Christ Jesus our Lord. He promised that. He purposed that. He executed that through history. It's amazing, again, from the, this, the sheer experience of looking at a created world that he's made. They say that the things that man does of, and that he's created and produces himself, that those who've done welding in places we'll talk about, you know, they come through with that x-ray and they're checking the wells to make sure that they are exactly where they ought to be. And everything can look right and they can find a minute crack. And how many accidents have been caused by these minute cracks in machinery, automobiles, whatever else it may be, buildings that give under the stress but as you look at anything that God has created, the, digger you, the, the deeper that you dig into it, the more order that you see, the more structure that is there, matters not how small you get. We used to think the atom was the smallest and had the, pro, uh, the protons and, and electrons in there. Then they find that it gets smaller than that. Whatever it is, there is order there. God's creation, the variations that you see in whatever it is, human life, plant life, animal life, they all have a beauty to them that's beyond description. And God has blessed them all in different ways. There's beauties there. There are animals that copy one another to a degree. You have to learn the difference between the, the coral snake and the other snakes that, you know, the, the, the coloring on them and so forth. Copperheads are beautiful. I just don't like them. <clears throat> and I don't like them in my, on my property. My daughter don't like them in the garage. So we've got, we've got mat, mat, uh, rat traps out there at the, each of the edge of the garage door. And uh, I'm trying to fix the garage door, so that's not the problem as it used to be. But no, I've got pictures of catching one in the garage. And when we got out there, the, the, the snake had pulled the rat trap out under the garage door and was out in the driveway. Couldn't get away, but he, he had moved backwards on that thing to get where he was hoping to go. All that I'm just saying, really, the beauty of what God has created in everything that I have described is only temporary. The galaxies, all of that is only temporary. One day God will bring all of that to an end. But what he has done is to promise us blessings that excel anything this earth could offer. 
He says it's yours. It's found in Christ Jesus. Human beings recognize their weaknesses, their, their shortcomings. But in Christ, he says, you have every spiritual blessing that God can give. It's been provided for you. And he desires to, to give it to you. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and, and without blame before him in love. This that concept. We, we know human nature. We know its weaknesses, its frailty. We know its shortcoming. We know of all things, if you will, that we're not holy. We're not spotless without blemish in the physical sense. But in Christ, we are. Just that concept to say that that transformation, that becoming that new creature, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. Depending on your translation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And how we tend to forget that. How many times do we tend to lean on our human qualities? Our human characteristics. Well, that's, I mean, you have to take me like I am. That's just the way that I am. I have a tendency to whatever it may be, to be short-tempered. I have a tendency to draw quick conclusions. Whatever it is that we have, that we use, that's just who I am. The slip of the tongue, whatever it is, that's just who I am. No. Human-wise, maybe. Christian-wise, no. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We have a new language that we speak. A language that the world really does not understand. A language that the world will abuse in how it's been used. But we have this new creation that we have in Jesus. Without blame. Human-wise, which one of us is without blame? Spiritually wise, in Christ we are. We are without blame. That blood washes away our sins, and we understand that we have. I've talked to Christians who have told me that, again, they have prayed the same prayer for 25 years, asking God to forgive them of something they did 25 years ago. I just pray that God will forgive me for what I did. I'm, just, I'm sorry for it. I just, every day, the same prayer is being offered up, that God would forgive me. You've missed one of the greatest blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. God has forgiven. Satan's good at reminding us, is he not? He does that in, in the physical realm real good, does he not? Just run for political office and see how well he does. He can drag up things you did when you were in elementary school. And say, look what you did back here. Somebody else is going to bring it up. One thing that a Christian needs to do is to understand that tactic of Satan. It arises periodically in your life. 
There are things that have been done that I deeply regret that I cannot undo. But I have been promised that through confession of those sins, doing what can be done in restoration, if you will, God has forgiven those sins. So anytime Satan brings that up, the answer is no. You're not going to bring that up. That's in the past. It's been dealt with. The blood of Christ has taken care of that, and we are moving on. For we have Hebrews 10, 17, and 18 for. There are sins and their iniquities I will remember no more, says the Lord. That's 17. Sometimes we forget 18. Because once a sacrifice has been made, there is no more sacrifice to be offered. The sacrifice for your sins is not your repentance. The sacrifice for your sins was the blood of Jesus Christ. And once that sacrifice has been made, it's not to be made again. It's not going to be offered again. That's it. The blood of Christ is a sacrifice for our sins. We accept that. And then we understand through the scriptures that then Christ does not remember, God does not remember that anymore or hold that against us. It's been dealt with. That's a blessing. And yet so many times, all of us as Christians at times, will linger on to something. Hang on to something. Oh, I said the wrong thing. That person slammed the door on me. They'll never again listen to the gospel. I've lost that soul forever. Whatever it is, we will allow some things to haunt us. But we have a promise from God that Jesus has given to us through the scriptures of what we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. He has already determined Go back and, and look at the wording again in Ephesians 1, uh, 3 through 14. Listen to the statements that are being made. He has predestined or predetermined. He has determined that we will what? That we will be adopted as sons by Christ Jesus to himself. God had already determined before the foundation of the world that when we repented of our sins, confessed Jesus as the Lord, was buried in a watery grave of baptism for the remission of sins, raised to walk that new, that new life, God had already determined that we would be adopted as sons. Oftentimes you hear individuals say that want to say, you know, once saved, always saved. Once a son, always a son. Yes, once a son, always a son. But a son can lose their inheritance. Take time to read again Revelation 2 and 3. Look as he's talking to the, his sons or his children in those two chapters of the seven churches of Asia. And how many times he says, you've done this, you're doing that, but, all that word but, but I have a few things against you. I don't know about you. But just to hear that phrase, 
that comes from Christ or comes from God. I know what you're doing. I've seen your past. I see what you're doing now. But I have something against you. Whoa. Because I know the consequence. That's what he tells me. He says, change, repent. Or you will lose your candlestick. A change has to take place. That's what we have throughout the scriptures. Christians failing to realize what we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. Understanding what God had already predetermined to be the case. Not that he chose me as an individual before I was ever born that I was going to be lost or saved. He is going to save those who are faithful to him. That's already been predetermined. Those who will obey will find salvation. Those who will live for him will find that eternal home in heaven. And that's according, and I like the phrasing again, look at the word. That's according to his what? His good pleasure. Wow. That pleases God that you would be his child. It pleases God, his good pleasure, that you would determine on your own free will, I will love you, I will obey you, I will serve you, and I live to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into what? The joy of your master. Wow. That's what he has in store for us. It's not a drudgery to go through life as a Christian. It's not a hardship. We've been looking in uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 11, and 12 in the auditorium class on Sunday morning. You look at all the things that Paul has gone through. But with every step that he took, God took a step with him. What I love about that, God never left him. The beatings, the scourgings, the being stoned, left for dead. Again, how Paul later on can say this, these are momentary light afflictions. And I was telling the class this morning, I said, I don't know about you, but being stoned was rocks. I don't care what size the rocks are. Being stoned was rocks. Drug out of a city, left for dead, does not seem to be a momentary light affliction. But if death came, would that not be the case? Because what? Glory would be received. It is but but a moment. Whatever it is and however long it may be, that's what Paul is saying. We put that trust in him, according to his good pleasure, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Given us what we need as opposed to what we deserve. We're familiar with that. We do that in the physical realm, do we not? Do we not show grace and mercy to our children as they're young? Well, sometimes when they get older, too. Show grace and mercy to them. They make mistakes. They fall short. 
It's still pretty much true, but it, it's not good to leave cookies around the house. When I was younger, it was not good to leave cookie dough around the house. My sister would be glad to tell you they don't know how many batches of cookies never got cooked. Because some little brother went in there and got them. In today's world, that says that's not good for you. That's okay, it was good then. But, it's, but we do that in the physical world, and that's sometimes a hard concept for us to work with. A lot of things that we do spiritually, it's what we do physically. We just do it for a different reason. We do it for a higher cause. When I see what God is offering to us, as he's writing to the Ephesians, how can I have any doubts, hesitations, or regrets for that decision to serve Christ with all the heart and all the soul and with all the mind? In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We have been redeemed by his blood. His blood was sufficient to redeem us from our sins. Not just a few, but from every sin. Do we understand that in our life? We have indeed been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. How indeed precious that is. The preciousness also comes with a tremendous responsibility. How can I understand the redemption that I have for forgiveness of sins through the blood that Jesus shed on the cross and take sin lightly? Oh, that's not a big deal. Once in a while is not going to hurt you. God will overlook that. The sin, regardless of how we perceive it, required the death of Jesus on the cross. We talk about little white sins, big black lies. But Revelation 21 eight takes care of that, does it not? All liars will have their part in the lake of fire. All liars. But the blessing that we have is to know that when we do, when we repent, that blood of Christ cleanses us, washes away those sins, and they're held against us no more. Doesn't mean we will not sin again, but it means those sins are washed away. As a human being, we need that. Because we live in a world that, again, that really doesn't accept a lot of that. I know what you did. That we notice on the Wednesday night class as well. You know, I'll forgive you, but I'm not forgetting. Contradictory. Sometimes we want to do what Peter was asking. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother for sinning against me? Up to seven times? Jesus said, no, no. 
70 times 7. How many times do you want God to forgive you? Every time. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you want God to forgive you, look at the model prayer in, in Matthew 6. Look at verses 14 and 15. If we do not forgive those who trespass against us, neither will the Heavenly Father forgive us that trespass against him. Wow. Tough? No. Because the power comes from God. The strength comes from God. That enables us to be able to do that. We have tremendous blessings. Do we understand it? Do we enjoy it? Is it expressed in the life that we live? Sometimes when we sing the song, I've been redeemed, it sounds like it's a funeral dirge. And that is not a funeral dirge. I've been redeemed by the blood of the... No, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed. Can we sing that? Can we live that? That's a choice that you have to make. Every day that we live, every day that we live, Peter says, we need to regard the fact that the Lord has not come yet to be salvation. He's granted us time and granted us opportunity to make a change in our life. The question is, will we do it? Will we make that change? I know the Lord will find a way for me. You already know he has. He's already found a way for you through the blood that he shed on the cross. Will you accept that way that he has prepared? And then will you live that way with his help and his grace? If your life is not where it needs to be this evening, if you do need to make a change in that life, if we could assist you, if we could help you, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.